there and welcome into the latest installment of the Career Competitor Podcast. As always, we are the show that seeks to light that competitive fire within you in order to jumpstart or optimize your career. I'm your host, Steve Meller, and today I have the absolute pleasure of welcoming in Willette White, who is the CEO of Next Step with Passion and Purpose, which is a transitional coaching service that ensures student-athletes and parents successfully make the leap into college athletics. Now, why is Willette an expert within this field? Well, she only went and coached women's basketball at the highest level for all of 36 years. That's right. You're talking about an expert when it comes to advising the people that she works with on what it means to enter collegiate athletics within the United States. Now, the one thing I really absolutely love about Willette's story is that having spent 36 years putting so much of herself, so much of her time into a career, one where she obviously reaped so many rewards, made so many relationships along the way. As you're about to find out, she actually found her truest calling in life upon retiring from coaching 36 years after starting. Imagine that. Imagine getting to that point of your career and realizing that you still haven't found your truest calling. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we didn't enjoy everything that transpired up to that point. It just means that we've still got room to optimize ourselves that little bit more. And that's what we're about, as you know, when it comes to career competitor. So what better guest to bring in than the CEO of Next Step Transitional Coaching, Willette White, to the Career Competitor Podcast. And I hope you all enjoy. Hey guys, Steve here, and I'm so excited that you've taken the time to listen to the show today. But let me tell you about everything and anything you need to know when it comes to Career Competitor. Firstly, the podcast, whatever platform you're listening to is on right now. Follow, subscribe, specifically those of you that use Apple Podcasts. Leave some sort of a review, some sort of a rating. It really does help build the awareness of the show so that more and more people can be impacted by the messages that we're able to deliver. Now, in terms of the service, that's right, Career Competitor is a service now. I'm offering both individual and organizational coaching. From an individual standpoint, I'm here to help you with life or career goals. We'll sit down, we'll have a 30-minute free consultation, and we'll go over everything we need to go over in terms of you letting me know what it is I can do to help you optimize or jumpstart your life and your career. In addition to that, If you are a representation, if you are a leader of an organization, let me help you incentivize and optimize your team. Find ways to make your unit more cohesive, collaborate, and create a culture where success is a guarantee. I'm here to help you with that. And again, 30 minutes free time, I will sit down, I'll listen, and I'll advise you on exactly what it is I can do for you. And hey, if you just want to learn more about career competitors, both the show and the service, careercompetitor.com or reach out to me with steve at careercompetitor.com let's get to the show okay well it gives me great pleasure to welcome in willette white to the career competitor podcast firstly willette how are you today i'm doing well steve thank you for having me i'm really excited to be here i've listened to some of your episodes it's uh you know you've had some amazing guests on so i'm i'm honored yeah, absolutely. And you're going to add to that list, no doubt. Uh, you know, you've got some incredible things to bring to the table. And before I, you know, there's 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 a lot of areas that I want to cover with you here today. But before I start 
going too much maybe into uh, your history and, and how you've come from the world of sport because you've got quite the story to tell in relation to that. Why don't you start off by telling us everything that you're doing today in your current role? Yeah, so um, I retired from women's basketball in 2019 and I became a certified life coach in 2020 and sort of had to figure out you know, what my niche was. Mm. Um, I had thought that I wanted to go a completely different direction than with student athletes because I had been with student athletes for 36 years. So it was really right. intriguing to think about another population. <laughs> so I wanted to help uh, a different population uh, have uh, support people in their transition in their life. Um, and then I circled back uh, with plenty of conversation from people I have a lot of respect for, from trying to figure out what it was that I was really knowledgeable at and an expert in, here I am. Um, <laughs> I have created a company to help student athletes and their families uh, transition from high school athletics to college athletics. And as you know, being a former coach, that's um, the transition is really a rocky road for um, many student athletes and their parents. Mm. Parents have their own transition. So it was really my mission uh, to uh, make that transition a little more smoother. Yeah, and transition was probably going to be a word that we use as much as any word within this right. particular episode. And it's a it's a fantastic word to be honest with you, because for me, I think whether you're someone who's been in a career as you were for for thirty plus years, or whether you're someone who's like myself, currently made a decision to jump out of one career and start to figure out something for themselves in somewhere else, transition is everywhere. It's something that we deal with in so many ways throughout our careers, throughout life for that matter. But as you already alluded to, 36 years, 36 years of, of basketball coaching, and not just any basketball coaching, power five basketball coaching within college, that is serious stuff. As someone that spent a decade doing it, the idea of doing that three and a half times more seems something that's a little bit too hard to handle right now, if I'll be honest with you, Willette. So for me personally, one area that I, I really wanted to start off with here is how does how did that journey start for you? When did you first realize, okay, I'm going to go down the coaching road and, and let's just kind of see where it goes. When did that whole journey start for you? Well, it's really interesting. I had no idea uh, really about the coaching world. So I, uh, I played at the University of Idaho. I played for Tara Vandeveer, who's the head coach at Stanford. Um, my junior year, she recruited me. I came from a junior college. And she left uh, after one year and she went to Ohio State and had great success there. But we had conversation um, prior to her leaving about me going to Ohio State as a graduate assistant. And um, that's really how it all started. So I did my graduate work at Ohio State. I started my coaching career there. I then went on to Iowa State for nine months. I realized the Midwest was really not for me. I was a West Coast girl, Yeah. Uh, came back to the University of Washington, which was home for me, really, mm. for nine years, uh, eight years. Um, went down to UCLA for eight, went cross country, back to the East Coast for seven, back to the West Coast, uh, to the University of Oregon, and then finished my career at the University of Utah. And once I was in it, it was this lifestyle that was... Um, sort of, I mean, as you know, it's just, there's always something, right? It's so yeah. fast paced. It's, it's relationships. It's about watching young women grow and, 
get out into the real world and, and be very, very successful. It's about, you know, obviously the X's and O's, but um, for me, it was the relationship piece that was really, really special. And so I loved that world of recruiting kids, getting to know them, um, building this relationship to, uh, to hopefully have them say yes, that they wanted to play at X university and build a program from that. Cause as you know, we need, we need, we need players. You need great yeah. players. You need great people. So that piece was really, really important to me. And so I got sucked in and before I knew it, it was 36 years and I was like, Oh my God, I'm tired. Yeah. Um, tired of the travel. Um, yeah. Tired of a lot of things. Mm. So it took a couple of years off and got rejuvenated. Yeah. And now here you are. And, and yeah, I, you know, it, it's funny sometimes there's these really simple ways to describe, uh, even if it's as long an, an experience as 36 years, I can definitely relate to it when you say you got sucked in, you know, and I, I think that's something when we, as we will continue to talk about transitions, I think one of the hardest things that it, with those transitions is that feeling of being so completely invested in something so completely overwhelmed and almost it, it, from an identity standpoint, you, you can't see life without existing within this particular world. And I think college athletics for coaches is certainly one of those things. It, it's very difficult because you're always going to find a reason to stay one more season. And whether it's this recruit that's coming in, whether it's right. this talent or whether it's this family that you promise so much to, or whatever it might be, you know, there's always going to be this sort of nudge on the back on the back of your neck saying, hey, by the way, you did say you were going to go at least one more year or whatever it may be. So considering you had such a body of work, so much experience, probably endless sort of network when it came to the world of, of collegiate coaching, I, I, I'm really interested just to sort of understand a little bit more about how those wheels started turning a little bit in terms of you saying, as you, you mentioned there that you got tired and you started to feel that need to get out. But at the same time, what was it? What, what was it that finally broke through in terms of you mentally that said, listen, this, this is it. This is my time to, to, to be done. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, ended my career as director of operations and administration, and I absolutely loved that role. Um, I wasn't out recruiting. I wasn't on the road, you know, however many days a year I was traveling with the team and I did all the logistics and my mind is very logistically oriented. So I'm always thinking ahead, which I think obviously was a skill for me in that mm. role. Yeah. Um, but I think it came to the point where my anxiety and worry about every road trip and everything going smoothly um, just sort of caught up with me. Yeah. But there wasn't a fear. There hmm. wasn't a fear. There was a sadness, but there wasn't a fear of what's next. Because I think sometimes fear that fear of not knowing what next can keep you in that cycle that you talked about one more year one more year one more year this one individual we were just recruited this team we're going to be really really good next year and it, so it wasn't it was a sadness of leaving all that but it wasn't a fear of what's next mm. yeah i it's my favorite thing what i mean I, i've got a lot of favorite things about our show but let's be honest um but at the same time 
One thing that always really gets me going within an interview is when I just hear this piece of insight that I know we can just really dig into. And, and, and what you just said there, there was no fear. And I think anybody listening to this right now, if, if you're in this job that you felt like hasn't been right for you in a while, if if there's this, as you've alluded to here, if there's this feeling of security that you appreciate, if there's this feeling of knowing what it is you do and doing it so well that has almost become, in many ways, methodical and, and robotic and, and you can just kind of mm-hmm. do it and not necessarily be that conscious of what it is you have to be doing. Exactly. When these sort of things are part of your everyday and you're just sort of passively going through the position, if you can maybe look ahead and imagine yourself doing something else and if there's no fear then what's stopping you at this point and and i it's 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 a challenging question it's almost like a call to action for anybody listening to this but for someone in yourself willette who's who's acknowledging here that after 36 years there wasn't any fear about moving on that must mean that you must have been very comfortable about within some shape or form the arena the domain the field that you maybe wanted to go into so looking back now to 2019 as you mentioned what was it about maybe the comfort or the excitement of what was potentially coming next that meant that you didn't have any fear that's a great question um it wasn't like i didn't know what i was going to do I knew that I could find a job to pay my bills and that's all that I wanted. I took some time off. I think it was about three, four, five. I don't even know how much time I took off because I had saved money to be able to do that. And Steve, I worked out two hours a day and (laughs) I ran errands and I took my dog out to the park and all of those things. And I was in heaven. Hmm. Then you get to a place where, okay, I need to be more productive. I need to invest in something or someone. I started working at Huntsman Cancer Hospital, which is in Salt Lake City. I lost a sister to breast cancer, and it was really important because of that process for me to give back in a, in a, in a whatever way that was. So I worked in a clinic called the Wellness Clinic, and we offered acupuncture and massages and um, art therapy, music therapy to cancer patients Mm -hmm. and their caregivers. And that time in my life was so rewarding. And not only because of, I was able to serve people in a completely different capacity, but these relationships that I built within the people, uh, with the people in the wellness center were relationships that I'll have for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. It was then these people were there because of the same reasons I was, I was there serving and investing in a completely different population for me. So um, I did that for a while, uh, relocated to Portland, Oregon, um, because I knew that's where I wanted to be in the Northwest. So my partner and I relocated. And then I started working at a, um, a spinal diagnostics clinic. Uh, that wasn't nearly as rewarding. I wasn't there long. Uh, it was, um, it, it didn't fit me. Um, so I walked away from that and decided I needed to this plan that I had of, of creating this business. And, and my mission was to help student athletes successfully transition to college athletics. I needed to dive into that. Mm. 
and that's and, what and, I do. and in that yeah and, and in that you can hear straight away that finding that finding re- a rewarding purpose to the work that you're doing is clearly huge for you and I think that and, and again this is someone who's very fresh off his decision to be done with college coaching still only about five or six weeks after doing it one thing that's actually helped me a lot it's almost like an ego thing but one thing that's helped me a lot is that I kind of have to tell myself at times there'll, there'll be other coaches these kids will be coached by other people I will right. come and I will go and someone else will work with them and hearing you talk about that experience there with the Huntsman Cancer Hospital those are real relationships that is human everything about that is human there's not an ounce of that that is performance or business or whatever Mm -hmm. it may be it is 100 percent unfiltered human contact Mm -hmm. and there is no greater reward than working in that type of an environment my wife works in a hospital i know exactly what that is about and, Mm -hmm. and, and what that looks like so what i love about hearing about your transition willette is that you were able to identify that reward within the work that you were doing not necessarily financially as some people will hear that word reward but on an emotional on a spiritual level to find that level of reward within the work that you're doing was clearly imperative to you through this transition yeah it definitely was and it was not a financial reward at all it was you know enough to pay my bills and that's all that I cared about but Mm. uh, the investment in the people we were also a clinic, Steve, that was where they felt we had an osteopathic doctor. We had, like I said, uh, acupuncture, massages, and people left feeling so much better. So the reward of seeing that relief for however long was really, really special. And I was able to really connect with some of our, our patients, not only the people that I worked with, but I had some connection with those patients and to have left them maybe without saying goodbye was really challenging, but how do you say goodbye? You know, it's, it's really tough. Yeah. And, and, you know, for, for me listening to all this, like for you to come to this decision with the work that you're now doing with next step, it's clear that you've been able to identify that there's work to be done beyond the simplicity of the recruiting process, you know, because again, that's, that's what I'm hearing here is that there's opportunities to have a job, then there's opportunities to have a rewarding job. And Mm -hmm. for you personally, you had both of those scenarios available to you when you decided to walk away from coaching, I could just go earn money, or I could find an opportunity to, to not only reward, um, in, in, from a mutually, you know, mutually beneficial scenario, but also pick an area that was very important to you because of what happened with your sister and so for you now to say listen I know from a personality standpoint from an identity standpoint this is what fuels me this is what fills my jug up every single day you've been able to look at the recruiting process and say it's not as simple as this is the school pick the school and then attend the school and figure it out as a family once you get there you've been able to through your experience to be able to see a much bigger picture so why don't we get into that now in terms of the work that you're doing there with next step just give us a little bit more detail about why this is something that you feel is so important um, to be available to 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 student athletes and their families today yeah you know steve for, for 36 years i watched year after year 
student athletes come in and struggle with the same challenges and pitfalls year after year. And I'm talking about from when I first started my career, like really dove into my career at the University of Washington till now, mm. those same things are happening. There's, you know, these overwhelm, overwhelming feelings uh, because the time demands are so much more intense. There's this time management piece. This is, there's this learning from failure. There's this advocacy, being able to find your voice, all of those things. And I look back and there is some guilt on my part hmm. of not understanding what the student athlete was going through yeah. until, you know, later on in my career. And now it is, I feel such a great sense of responsibility to make that different, hmm. to give them the tools and the resources to make that transition smoother. And I'm not saying that you being a part of my program is going to make everything better mm. in terms of your transition, because you're still going to have challenges, but you're going to know that what those challenges are mm. prior to going. And I think so many parents and student athletes, um, especially in women's basketball, right? Because it's a fully funded sport, volleyball, they're scholarship seekers. Mm -hmm. And when they receive that scholarship, I think there's a big sigh of relief, mm -hmm. which I totally get because now their education's paid for, right? And mom and dad um, don't have to figure out um, or pay those resources. Mm -hmm. um, but there's more to it. They, if they could put themselves in the shoes of a freshman or a, a young woman who's going to be a freshman sooner than later and parents the same thing, um, instead of just experiencing um, our, our education paid for, sigh of relief, let's sit back, enjoy your senior year, because I've heard that everyone wants to enjoy their senior year, right? They want to, you know, they'll, they'll do the academic piece and the housing piece and all of those things that they have to do to get into college. But where's the mental, emotional, and the psychological preparation? Mm. There is none. Yeah. And there's not a company out there that solely focuses on this journey. There's companies that have a piece, their recruiting service, and they help you with the transition do they have 36 years of experience? <laughs> have they seen it firsthand? Absolutely not. So I feel like my company is the, the expert in this, this piece of, of this transition piece. And um, I feel really passionate about it. Oh, you can tell <laughs> that comes through. That comes through very clearly. And in, 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 um, the reason I, the reason I even wanted to firstly connect with you, but secondly, have you on the show was, was for everything that you're saying, because you are the exception within the industry right now. And, and it's so important for people to see the value and the appreciation that you need to have for it. Because something you said there really cut deep with me too, was that you look back on your earlier years as a coach and you almost are disappointed in how you dealt with a specific individual or, or a specific situation because we as coaches are extremely guilty of focusing so much on the result at times. Right, right. Um, it's it's hard to believe that person A or student B may be dealing with something and, and struggling right. with something, and we're not taking the time to acknowledge and respect that. And I think listening to you, firstly, I I sing everything from your hymn sheet in in, in the sense of where we can take 
as a as a as a collegiate sport society where we can take something like the mission you have and the power it can potentially have is just endless because as much as it is for the students and a lot of what we've spoken about so far is for the students the families the families truly need to embrace the power that this sort of work can have because once those kids fly the nest the separation mm -hmm. has begun and so much of what's happening you are just not aware of and it's so right. much better for someone with 36 years 36 years experience of seeing it firsthand to potentially walk through with families listen these are some of the potential pitfalls these are potentially some of the adversities that your child will experience based on my experience as a freshman maybe through all four years of college and Right. anyone listening to this, like I said, if you're a student athlete, great. This is 100% a service for you. But most of the people that listen to my show have already been to college. So if you are a parent of a kid that's going through this process right now, this information is, is as much for you as anyone. So how do you deal with that side of the equation? Well, I don't think parents realize they have their own transition. Um, hmm. I think that um, many feel somewhat lost when their student athlete goes away to college, right? Because for however many years they've shuttled them here and they've been, you know, Susie's mom or Susie's dad. And now they have this life uh, without Susie because she's away at college. Yeah. And um, there's so much going on for their student athlete at college that the connection or the communication um, subsides a little bit. Um, yeah. I want parents to feel by the time it's all over, uh, having gone through my program, I want parents to feel more at ease that yeah. they're ready and their daughter is ready for this transition. Absolutely. And it just makes so much sense. And as someone like myself who was involved both as an athlete and as a coach within collegiate sport for 15 years, this is the stuff parents need educating on. It's not about accepting that they don't know anything sometimes it's simply how can i become more educated how can i feel as though i have a little bit more ownership of this entire process prior to the child heading off to to college for for what will be a, an enormous transition for the entire family so it's all really good stuff one one thing i would love to really get from you um as we start to close in here will will that is you know, you, you coach for 36 years, you must have been a competitor, you must have liked winning, you must have liked to see, you know, put your best group against somebody else's best group and see who could come out on top. And so much of what we've spoken about and discovered over the last three and a half years of the show is that competitiveness presents itself in so many different mm -hmm. ways. Can you just walk me through a little bit of maybe how you relate to the competitor you were maybe in your heyday, right in the heart of those coaching years compared to now because there are lots of little wins by the sounds of it in terms of what it is you're doing today so maybe just give me a little bit of a compare and contrast with those two versions of yourself yeah obviously competition today looks very very different than it did you know however many years ago um you know i was fortunate to be at some pretty amazing power five conferences uh, in schools and um, had great success um, when i was at the university of washington and ucla and um you know, some of those places and the thrill of competing and winning, there was nothing like it. Right. You were able to do it with this group of women and you had to sort out your differences and your struggles and, and find a way to all come together for the sake of, of the goal, the ultimate mm -hmm. goal, 
right? Was yeah. having winning games and getting as far as you can. And I was with two programs that went to uh, the uh, regional finals. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about one game away from the final four. Yeah. Um, and so having that experience is something I'll always have in my lifetime. But competition today is not about that. It's about um, it's about myself. It's about you know uh, competing about in in what I can do better uh, the next day. It's about um, finding uh, you know I have to secure my niche and find the right niche and always um, shift and change and. Uh, 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 make changes and identify what it is that I need to do differently to mm. get my message out, to make sure people understand why this is needed. And always uh, the passion behind it is not, you know, it's not a question, but it's getting that message out and making sure people understand why uh, this is needed. So um, my environment today is very different than it was for 36 years. And I'm comfortable in this environment, but sometimes it can be lonely. I mean, you think <laughs> starting your own business can be um, somewhat lonely, but. I relate to that 100% right now. Um, I'm doing a lot less screaming and shouting on a day-to-day -day basis than right, I used to right. do. <laughs> um, right. But here you are as someone that's had a, a, a long career in something and you're telling me that today your greatest competition is against yourself. And I think that for anyone listening, we've said it, so many times on the show, and I will never stop saying it, is that the, the day we try to tell ourselves that we're done competing or improving upon ourselves is the day we've just completely lost all, you know, all idea of, of what this life is about. It, it's, it's about that internal drive, that competition to always be finding ways to better ourselves, whether it's someone like yourself who is trying to find that this, the specificity and what it is they're doing in, in terms of creating that awareness and what you can do and how you can impact people. And I relate to all of this right now myself mm -hmm. because it, I think, and, and it's also a very volatile time within the world, within the United States of people making these same decisions that you and I have made here in the last year or two of our lives, deciding to go all in on a passion project on something that they see value in that maybe at this point in time, others don't. Mm -hmm. see it or aren't aware or educated about it sure so for for me to hear that someone like yourself is still and and it sounds like almost as much as as much as any other time in your life really focused on competing within and, and and finding that ability to to establish your optimal self as we talk about on this show all the time is so just wonderfully reassuring to hear and um, before I let you share some information just about the company as well as a whole, you know, what is a win for you today? What is, what, what, you know, you, you have, I'm sure you have tiny little successes and little wins. What do you consider when you lay your head down on the pillow at night and you say, that was a victory today? Talk me through what that looks like for you today. For today, I think my win is being on your podcast. <laughs> I think because, it, right, it's another source of getting my message out. Yeah. So yeah, that's a win. I think uh, other wins are, you know, when I'm posting on social media and people are responding with positivity and what a great post and, you know, thank you for sharing and um, creating conversation that way. And um, those are all little wins that I have to um, understand that it's just another step closer to my ultimate goal and that's to um, help families uh, transition and make it smoother and they don't know what they don't know hmm. but what they don't know can hurt them 
And yeah. so it's a lot of, um, you know, continuity, continuing to get those that message out. And so for me, the win today is, is up till 10 o'clock, uh, you know, 934 is, um, is being on your podcast. Well, I love it. And they don't know what they don't know, but what they don't know can certainly hurt them. I mean, what a fantastic mm-hmm. message to finish this on. And everybody can relate to that sentiment 100%. Uh, Will that tell everybody where they can learn more about everything you're doing at the moment? Yeah, I think uh, you can go to my website, which is uh, nextsteptransitionalcoaching.com. Um, my email address is uh, nextstepww at gmail.com. My Instagram is that same handle, nextstepww. Um, I'm on Twitter, uh, Facebook. My Facebook page is just uh, my name, Willette White. But I think one of the things that I definitely want to get across in this last few moments, Steve, mm-hmm. is... We create individualized plans for every family because every family is different. Their concerns and their aspirations, all of those things are different. So to have a conversation to gain clarity on what we do is probably the biggest thing that a family could do right now. And and the clarity calls free Mm. just to get an idea of how next step could help their family is free. Mm. So I would encourage families to set up a clarity call. That doesn't mean you have to enroll in the program. That's not, you know, my, my passion is helping families uh, make it a lot easier to do what they want to do um, and have preparation around it and readiness. And um, yeah, so I'm all about helping the female student athlete, been with them for 36 years and I'm not stopping now. <laughs> Absolutely not. I can feel the momentum. I can feel the purpose. I can feel the passion. And I know I have people that listen to this show that are parents of student athletes as well that are um, maybe not even in the high school years yet, but this is certainly yeah. something that they need to have on their radar. And Willette, I, I appreciate you coming on. I'm, I'm glad that I was able to be a part of uh, a win for you today by joining the show. <laughs> and uh, listen, best of luck with everything. You know you have a fan in me. I can't wait to see where the company goes. And again, yes, thanks so much for joining us. Steve, thanks for having me on. It's great meeting you. I appreciate it. And hopefully we'll stay in touch. And my thanks again to Willette for joining us on the show today. And I want to leave you guys with a couple of takeaways that I can't help but want to share with you all based on my conversation there with Willette. And my my first one is, what are you doing to find your true calling? As I alluded to there at the beginning, and we, we obviously discussed it there within the interview, you know, for Willette to get to 36 years into a career, to walk away from it and decide that she was going to go and seek opportunities to do what she felt she was compelled to make time for in her life to to fill her cup to the top and find as much purpose as much joy in the work that she was doing as she was there with the cancer hospital and for her to then through that be able to get to the point where she says hey I, I know what my calling is now I understand that what I need to do is to take the lessons that I've learned and pass it back, pass it on to the the many, many more generations to come when it comes to collegiate athletics. And I think for anyone listening to this in relation to what you're doing to find your true calling in life, just take a moment, make time within your day to see if there are things that you are doing that make you feel as though you are purposeful, you are chasing something that feels as though this is what you were put on earth to do. And it doesn't need to be 
your career. As you heard there with Willette, she started to go down this process by volunteering, making time to go do these things in her own time. Maybe it will lead to a change in career. Maybe it won't, but it's important. It's really important for us as individuals on this planet, as human beings, to make time to feel as though we are doing something that is a true calling, provides us with true purpose within our lives. So that's the first thing that I wanted to share. The second thing that I wanted to really go over was just the unknown component that is transitions. And obviously, we're talking to a transitional coach. How can I not leave you with something in relation to transitions? For me personally, I'm now a month or so into a transition of my own. And a quote there that Willette shared right at the end in terms of they don't know what they don't know, but what they don't know can really hurt them. For me, I think this is a great way for you to enter potential transitions within your life. There's going to be things you don't know, but how well can you educate yourself on that transition? Again, being completely transparent here, it was probably about 12 to 18 months in the making before I decided that I was going to make an enormous transition within my life. At the end of the day, a transition should never be a reckless decision, but it should be something that we understand is going to require an element of risk. It's going to require us accepting that there will be unknown components to really what we can predict and what we can expect. So with that being said, what can you educate yourself on if you are at a point in life where you feel as though a transition is on the horizon? You don't want to go into it blindly. You don't want to be completely uneducated, but at the same time, appreciate that there's going to be some risk involved. But if you're asking me, there's nothing better than a small roll of the dice to come out on the other side of it with so much more value within your everyday life. So for me, that's certainly what I'm holding on to right now as I transition into a new career. And I hope that you can maybe take these same words and find ways to apply them in your future as well. But in the meantime, guys, listen, I appreciate you so much for tuning in to this particular episode of the show. If this is your first time, make sure you make time to subscribe to the show moving forwards. I'm sure you enjoyed what you had to hear. We have so much more great content coming throughout the remainder of this year and I've already got interviews lined up for the beginning of 2022 the momentum with career competitor is not slowing down anytime soon guys so I really can't wait to continue to bring this incredible content to you and as always keep up the great work with anything and everything that you're doing feel free to reach out to me at career underscore competitor or connect through LinkedIn and best of luck with anything and everything you've got going on within your world and I look forward to speaking with you all again very soon Bye for now.